Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 7th of September. India once again surpassed global records with more than 91,700 new cases of the novel coronavirus being reported. This brings the nation's total to over 42 lakhs or 4.2 million cases. Six out of the past seven days saw over 1,000 new deaths and yesterday was no less. The documented death toll is now 71,687 after 1,008 deaths were recorded. Many individual states also recorded their highest ever jumps in case numbers, including Maharashtra, the worst affected state with over 23,000 new cases. Others include Odisha, Kerala and Punjab. With these worrying numbers, India has now overtaken Brazil to become the second worst affected country from the pandemic. The gap between the two countries is only expected to widen in the forthcoming week since India is detecting approximately 40% more new cases each day than Brazil. In Bengaluru, a private hospital reported that a 27-year-old woman has been found to have become infected with COVID-19 for the second time after recovering from the illness a month ago. According to the Department of Infectious Diseases at Fortis Hospital, the woman who had no history of comorbidities tested positive for the first time in July after she developed mild symptoms. She recovered fully and was discharged on 24th of July after her test results were negative. However, in the last week of August, she developed symptoms again and tested positive. An official at the hospital said, and I quote, In this patient, the antibody test has come out negative, which means she did not develop immunity after the first infection. This is possibly the first reported case of COVID reinfection in Bangalore, unquote. Acting on the directions of the Supreme Court, the Director-General of Civil Aviation proposed yesterday that tickets booked by airline passengers during the initial lockdown period of March 25th to May 3rd could be fully refunded within 15 days. If an airline is not in a financially viable position to pay immediately, the fair amount shall be kept in a credit shell that can be availed later. The Supreme Court will review this proposal at a petition hearing on September 9th. In Banda district of Uttar Pradesh, authorities announced yesterday that an under-trial prisoner died of COVID-19. The prisoner, aged 57 years, was found positive for the disease on September 1st and he died during treatment on Sunday. Despite the current health crisis, the Banda district jail is far over its capacity, currently holding 956 prisoners instead of the 656 it was designed for. The virus has been spreading through the facility in the past week as 95 prisoners and jail officials are currently infected with the virus. The Kochi Metro resumed services this morning following new guidelines on transport operations from the central government. The first train departed at 7am and carried only five passengers. Other metro systems across the country also restarted operations today including those in Delhi, Bengaluru and Lucknow. In a tragic mishap in Coimbatore, Tamil Nadu, two people were killed after a three-storied building collapsed late yesterday night. The Coimbatore Fire and Rescue Services and volunteers from the public rescued five individuals who got trapped under the debris of the building. Police say that the search operations are continuing to trace a 65-year-old woman who is missing and feared to be under the rubble of the building. The building in question is reportedly about 25 years old. The collapse destabilized another building next door which also collapsed shortly after. While it is suspected that heavy rainfall over the past few weeks might have caused the structure to weaken, the real cause behind the collapse is not known yet. The Tamil Nadu government has announced a compensation of 1 lakh rupees for the families of the deceased. 
The Bharatiya Janata Party's campaign for the upcoming Bihar elections took an odd turn yesterday when they released posters and advertising material containing slogans and declarations seeking justice for the recently deceased actor Sushant Singh Rajput. The posters contain language such as, and I quote, Na bhule hai, na bhulne denge, meaning, we have not forgotten and we will not let anyone forget. These were accompanied by photographs of the actor. The posters are to be pasted on auto rickshaws and the party has even made protective face masks with the actor's photo. The president of the BJP in Bihar, Sanjay Jaiswal, claimed that these posters have nothing to do with the upcoming election campaign. Speaking to the print, he said, and I quote, There is no question of politics over Sushant Singh Rajput. He was the son of Bihar and the truth should come out. His family should get justice. What is wrong in it? Unquote. However, according to the print, whistleblowers from within the BJP has said that the party is using all means necessary to keep the issue alive in Bihar, even having supposedly appointed former Maharashtra Chief Minister Devendra Fadnavis as Bihar's election in charge in order to raise the emotional pitch. In other news, actor Kangana Ranawat received a formal security detail of the Y-plus category from the Ministry of Home Affairs amid a supposed confrontation with the state government of Maharashtra and the Bollywood community. Earlier this week, Sanjay Raut, a Shiv Sena politician, made a controversial and widely criticised comment in which he asked Ranawat not to return to the state after she expressed concerns about her safety. Although the official reason for this protection has not been disclosed, Ranawat will now be guarded by 10 armed commandos and a personal security officer. In a Twitter post this morning, the actor indicated that the Home Minister Amit Shah himself had personally played a part in arranging her security. News Laundry's Nidhi Suresh yesterday published an article investigating Facebook groups seemingly created with the sole purpose of vilifying actor Rhea Chakrabarti, who is accused of abetting Sushant Singh Rajput's death by suicide. The piece required days of investigative research to find out how and why these groups operate, who the people who run them are, and why Facebook is failing to police hate speech and harassment rules on its platform. The piece is titled, Inside the Online Cult of Justice for SSR. It is available for you to read for free on newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, long-form stories like this one take time, money and resources. And since News Laundry is completely ad-free, we rely on you, our listeners and readers to support our journalism. So go to newslaundry.com, check out all the stuff we do and if you like what you see, please hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Today marks 118 days since Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman announced the Atmanirbhar Bharat or Self-Reliant India Economic Package to remedy the adverse effects on India's economy stemming from the economic slowdown and the pandemic. The economic stimulus was valued at 20 lakh crore rupees or approximately $270 billion. However, much of it was liquidity support with extra fiscal outgo by the central government, just a little over 1% of our GDP. In addition, many of the measures announced have yet to benefit the general population. For example, a report last week found that only 33% of food grains earmarked for migrant workers under the Atmanirbhar Bharat package were found to be distributed, even though 100% of these food grains had been procured. The official GDP estimates from last week placed the Indian economy as one of the worst hit due to the crisis, with an unparalleled 23.9% contraction, which is the worst our country has ever recorded. In an attempt to rectify the situation, the central government announced a series of high-level meetings which were held for the past six weeks. Today, the Indian Express reported that the government has finally identified a target audience for a potential second economic stimulus. 
A senior government official reportedly told the Express, and I quote, This round of fiscal stimulus will be more for the group which is not completely poor and not rich. This in-between, the non-salaried middle class, is the most affected. The timing of the rollout is crucial in getting maximum benefit. Unquote. More details about this new package are likely to be announced in the coming few days. Meanwhile, former governor of the Reserve Bank of India, Raghuram Rajan, expressed concern that the government should be frightened out of its complacency and take serious action to heal the economy. In a post on LinkedIn, he said, and I quote, The recently released GDP growth numbers for the first quarter of the financial year 2020-2021 should alarm us all. The 23.9% contraction in India compares with a drop of 12.4% in Italy and 9.5% in the United States, two of the most COVID-affected advanced countries. And the numbers will probably be worse when we get estimates of the damage in the informal sector. Unquote. And now for some international updates. As of today, more than 27.1 million people worldwide have been found to be infected by the coronavirus. More than 18.1 million of these cases have recovered, while at least 883,000 people have lost their lives to the disease. As many as 300 people who attended a charity football match in the northeast of England have been asked to self-isolate for two weeks. The match was held in Durham on 30th of August and 28 people who were there have tested positive for the virus. China has got the new week off to a bright start by reporting its highest jump in exports in more than a year as the world economy emerges from COVID-19 lockdowns. Sales of Chinese-made goods abroad jumped by 9.5% in August compared with a year ago. According to The Guardian, these figures are a lot stronger than expected and mark the biggest monthly gains since March 2019. In other news, two players of the Manchester City Football Club tested positive for the virus this morning. The players, Riyad Mahrez and Emerick Laporte, will not train with their teammates while they self-isolate in line with the UK government and Premier League rules. Universities around the world have been welcoming students back to campus and restrictions are being removed. In order to operate safely, they have had to treat violation safety protocol with the utmost consequence. In Boston, United States, Northeastern University said today that it had dismissed 11 students for gathering in a hotel room and will not refund their tuition fees. Although Brazil has now been surpassed by India as the second worst affected country in the world, the worst may not be over. Over the weekend, large crowds were observed on beaches in Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo as the South American country marked its Independence Day. There is concern that the recent downward trend in daily new cases could be reversed if social distancing rules are not followed. In Hong Kong yesterday afternoon, police officers tackled an unarmed 12-year-old child to the ground during a pro-democracy protest. The incident was captured on video and has led to widespread criticism. According to the Hong Kong police, the girl allegedly took part in an illegal gathering and officers used minimum force after she ran away in a suspicious manner. However, the girl's family disputed this claim. They said she was simply out to buy school supplies and became scared when confronted by the police. In the disturbing footage, the girl can be seen being approached by police officers and being ordered to stand still. Frightened, the girl starts running and one of the officers taps her with his baton while another runs towards her and tackles her to the ground. More riot police emerge, holding the girl and her brother who had tried to help her on the ground. Other policemen can be seen dismissing and threatening outraged bystanders. Nearly 300 people were arrested at Sunday's demonstrations which were held to protest the Chinese-led government's decision to postpone parliamentary elections for one year. 
Before I sign off, I'd like to bring to your attention a special report published today by News Laundry's Manisha Pandey, which brings you the inside story of what goes on behind the scenes at Republic TV and what it is like to work for the infamous Arnab Goswami. Through a series of interviews, including with former employee Tajinder Singh Sodhi, who resigned from the media corporation and posted a statement apologizing for killing the soul of journalism, Manisha tells the tale of Republic TV. Read the story titled, It's Not a Newsroom, It's a Darbar, Inside Republic of Arnab Goswami. You'll find the report on our website, newslaundry.com. And please consider supporting us by becoming a subscriber if you believe our journalism is important. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.